Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel, and welcome to a really important show in Narcissistic Central, and today, and today what I'm going to be talking about is, well actually I'm flying solo today, Lisa E. Scott has been pulled away on some business, so unfortunately she can't be here, but you know, that's okay, I've done shows before on my own, so that's not a problem, so welcome to all the Australian listeners and the US listeners, and also there's quite a few people from the UK that are tuning into the show now, which is really, really good that, uh, you know, empowerment spreading and getting into our power and getting our life and love right is, uh, you know, really um, a global movement. And what's so good is the Snap Out of It programs are really assisting doing that. So it's a wonderful job that Dee uh, Dee Mercer Morfitt's doing in uh, this initiative that she does and this opportunity that we have as radio hosts to make a difference, which is really, really cool. So what I'm going to be talking about today is the language of the narcissist, which is really incredibly interesting, Um, fascinating in fact. And, And, you know, my journey of getting out of the pain and the torture of narcissism into the understanding of it has been a truly fascinating journey because there's so much I now know about narcissism and like Lisa E. Scott who's also a great expert on this topic we're both very very proactive about getting the message out there and educating women and men uh, how to really understand the language of the narcissist and it seems what's really interesting is when I first started this journey of my own healing and healing other women is that quite often when uh, clients would be coming to me um, to get back into their power and reclaim themselves with the narcissistic experience, that they would be relaying information and quotes and things that were just so specific to narcissism that, uh, you know, sometimes I could finish off sentences for people because I'd heard it all before and I'd been through it myself. So what this show is about is we're going to look at the twists and the turns and the language of the narcissist, and how they use projection, manipulation, and gaslighting, and the tactics that are involved. And it's really important that when you actually um, work with this, that you can get to understand that you're not losing your mind, that really um, you're having somebody in your space that is really, really affecting uh, your environment and yourself uh, quite insidiously. And by doing this, you'll be able to realize that you're not going crazy and you'll know what to look out for and you'll know what is appropriate and what's inappropriate. And uh, that way you can definitely be able to uh, differentiate between what is normal, what's not normal and what's actually going on in in the craziness. Because it really is about trying to make sense out of the mayhem and really identify what is going on. And one thing is for sure is that the narcissist from a very early age has been learning tactics and language 
and gaslighting techniques to get their needs met and to throw other people off balance so that they can get their needs met. So a lot of what I'm going to be talking about today is in relation to one of my articles that I have on my website which is www.melanietoniaevans.com which is about identifying narcissistic personality disorder. And that article has been uh, created by myself so that people can look at a checklist and say, wow, okay, this is what's happening to me. This is, this is the situation here. So with a narcissist, the narcissist, uh, we've talked about it a lot on this show, but what the narcissist has created is a false self and what he's really doing is portraying an image of himself that really isn't the real deal, what's going on on an inner level with him. And he's trying to get his needs met by intimidation, by force, by manipulation, by charm, and by a variety of methods. And what happens with a narcissist is that they will often seek a relationship, they will seek a partner, which uh, has been a big problem for women um, specifically women worldwide and the problem is with women as women what we tend to do is make our partner everything and we idolize him and we glorify him and with a narcissist that's quite easy to do when we're unaware because he will pre present as the most perfect package that you could ever imagine and what happens with this is that he will then start disabling you First of all, it starts off as idolizing, so you're going to feel like you're the most important woman in the world, that you're his everything, uh, and that you've met the man of your dreams. And that's a very, very consistent thing that happens. What happens through the process of narcissism, and I write about it in great detail, the process of how this changes, I write about it in my e-book, How Do I Identify and Heal from Narcissistic Abuse. What happens is that idolizing process turns to a degrading process where you've been put on a pedestal or so it seems and then you'll get kicked off that pedestal and that's when the demeaning, the degrading and the stripping down starts. And it can happen quite gradually. There are very, very specific warning signs which I write about in great detail in my e-book and I really, um, you know, I really do urge you. It's only uh, 14 95 Australian the price of it is, but it might be the best money you've ever spent to really, really understand that. And of course, there's my free articles, which don't have quite as much in-depth detail, but they're very, very useful as well. But what happens in this process is then the narcissist will get inside your head and in your emotions and really, if you're not armed, if you don't know what's going on and if you're not in your power with a good boundary function, you really are very much prey. And what happens to women as a result of this is horrific, absolutely horrific. So, you know, this sort of information should be out and about in schools. It should be information that every mother knows, that every daughter knows, because narcissism is rampant on the planet. And of course, it absolutely does happen to men as well as women. Uh, there are narcissistic women out there However, and I'm not taking anything away from the male experience that suffers a narcissistic partner. I've worked with a lot of men that have come forward that have suffered narcissistic abuse and my heart goes out to them. However, I will say and I do stand by that generally speaking, women will cling to a relationship um, and be disempowered much more than what men generally will. There are men that are. But men generally have a much better sense of this is destroying me, this is no good, there's something really badly wrong with this woman and I'm going to pull away. So narcissistic women, even though they're highly manipulative and they're extremely skilled, may have more of a problem of securing a long-term partner or a committed partner than what a narcissistic male will. There's a lot of women that really fall into the category of codependency. And of course, as women, we've all wanted our knight in shining armor to ride up on his horse and sweep us off our feet and, you know, create our life for us. And the narcissist, if he's decided he wants to hook you as a partner, 
he will be all of that and more. So women are very, very, very vulnerable to this. In the early days with a narcissist, there will be tons of um, idolized romance. It will, it will feel incredible. You'll have incredible highs with him. And you'll think, um, you will think that all your dreams are coming true. However, there are absolutely warning signs of the narcissist that over time will increase to the point where you will be confronted with the personality point blank and there will be so much crazy uh, stuff going on that you won't be able to miss it. The problem is that you may be, as I was, and most women are, virtually everyone that gets hooked with a narcissist, you'll keep defaulting back to that idealized fantasy of the man you met. Now, the man you met, you couldn't have uh, asked for anything better, but the man you met was a constructed version to hook you. It wasn't real. And there's a whole process that goes with that as well, in deprogramming yourself to that understanding. Now today, because I am solo and I'm going to be going through the list and talking about this stuff, I really um, urge people that are in the chat room, if you want to throw up some questions um, at any time to uh, give me some stuff to bounce off and interact with, I'd love you to do that. That would be awesome, you ladies that are in there. And also too, if anybody wants to call through and ask any questions or have a chat, by all means we can do this as well. So that's not a problem. So anyway, I'm going to get started on my list. And what you're going to see with the narcissist is, now, you know, it's really important when we're dating or when we're meeting people or when we're in a relationship, it's got to be a totality. So the narcissist, you're going to see moments when he's glorious, when he's just the most incredible person you could have ever believed in. Now, what you may not realize is that that will be a gender-based, that he's actually... Uh, doing that with an agenda behind it, unfortunately. Okay, but what you will see is some stuff that just is a bit off. And you're going to see that really, really early in the piece. So first of all, with the uh, common behaviors of a narcissist, you're going to start seeing some me versus you mentality. And that's going to be possibly to the outside world, but it's going to start happening with you. So you're going to get a sense of, Hang on, aren't we meant to be a relationship and a partnership and aren't we meant to back each other? Why do I feel like you're on the other side of the court against me? So that's going to start showing up for you. Narcissists are very competitive because the thing is, it's all about him. Now, if you're a guy listening into this, substitute that for her. But I'm going to, in the context that I'm talking about narcissists today, I, it can be any gender but I'm going to use the word him, okay? So he could start, you know, really coming out with this competitive tit-for-tat behavior. So if he imagines that you've done something to him, whether it's real or whether it's imagined or he's uh, blown it out of proportion, he's going to start doing some tit-for-tat behavior. Absolutely. So you're going to start seeing that. Definitely, narcissism is very much about striving for the spotlight and attention. So with a narc, what happens with a narc is that if you're in like a group situation or something like that, he will strive to be the center of attention. Now, if that isn't forthcoming and if somebody else is shining brighter than him, what you'll find with the narc is that he is going to start getting quite depressed, withdrawn, he'll want to leave. If you're getting more attention than him, he's going to get, um, you know, he's, he might even start attacking you or, or he'll, he'll bring you down. But be very, very aware of that because that is a real classic, classic sign of a narc. All right. Now, also, too, with a narc, there's going to be a lot of generosity to outside people. So you're going to start seeing that this is the guy that wants to help everybody. He's always going to offer knowledge. He's the guy that helps with computers. He's the guy that offers to mow the lawn. There's going to be that sort of behavior. So the outside world is full of people that are telling him how wonderful he is all the time. So on the surface, you might just think, this is a great guy. This is like a really awesome human being. 
But what you're not realizing is that he's actually doing it to get narcissistic supply. He's getting it so that people give him a lot of acclaim. Now, how you differentiate the difference between that um, and a great guy, because a great guy will do that too, is great guys, real guys, actually have long-term friends. They have people that have been uh, in their life for an amount of time, and I'm not talking about like long-distance um, friends. I'm talking about durable friends that you know are friends, and they've had them for a long time, and it's the sort of friend that they can hang out with, shoot the breeze, and it's not about an associate that I have to do something for them so they tell me how wonderful I am all the time. Narcs have a lot of associates that they don't get very close to, but people that they can mine attention, acclaim, um, and applause from. So that's like a really, really huge thing that goes on with a narc. So the thing is too, you know, a, a narc... If he's not getting attention or praise, this is his big problem. Narcs actually, and it's a phenomena, it's, it's just a fat, fascinating phenomena. Narcs feel dead on the inside unless they're getting attention. So if you could imagine, the narc is like an empty shell of self that needs to feed. And it might sound really um, over the top or it might sound like I'm exaggerating, but the, the model of vampire, the myth, was actually modelled on human narcissism. So a narc has got to feed energy from the outside or blood, if you like, for him to feel alive and for him to survive. So if a narc's not getting attention, his good attention or bad attention, it really doesn't matter. Okay, he needs to know he's important in the world to himself because he actually has no sense of self. So that's how he sustains himself. So it's either got to be applause, it's even, it's even criticism, any attention is what keeps him going and what, what makes him believe that he's alive. So if he's in any situation where he's not getting attention, where he can't shine, where he can't be the limelight, I remember with my ex-narc, um, you know, even the times when he hit narcissistic injury and I'll do anything to save the relationship, etc., etc., and he went to like a men's group, you know, he nearly took it over. He nearly took it over. He was like center stage. So, you know, everything he did was about look at me, look at me, look at me. So it was all agenda-based for that sort of reason. Okay, now narcs will have... Okay, can absolutely regress into abusive verbal behavior when angered or insecure. So the big thing about the narc is you're going to see what I would term five-year-old behavior. Narcs are really broken um, children that have never healed and have never learned how to be emotionally intelligent and how to take responsibility. So a narc will be extremely immature with his outbursts if he's like angered or confronted in any way. So you may not see that at the start but in a, in a big way, but you are going to start seeing bits and pieces of that. So I remember with one of my clients recently, we were talking about you know a potential partner for her and she said to me, you know, he can have tantrums, he can crack it, he can you know, act really, really um, badly. And she'd seen that part of him. And my first response to that is, well, mature men don't behave like that. And if you're seeing that now, uh, you know, the man that you get with is the man and everybody's on their best behavior at the start. So that sort of childish, immature, tantrum, I can't get my way behavior is an absolute sure sign that somebody is either NPD, narcissistic personality disorder, or has narcissistic characteristics that just are not healthy, absolutely. Narcs often tend to have inappropriate um, behavior and language in appropriate times. So you may see um, a lot of swearing in front of children. Uh, you know, I know with my ex-narc in front of his daughter, his language, and I remember when I first heard it, I was like, oh, I felt uncomfortable and wrong and this is wrong. But, you know, I was so gloriously in love, I overlooked all that sort of stuff. 
But, you know, if you see a narc and if he's using language and things that are just inappropriate around women and children, you really know that he doesn't have sexual reverence and sexual respect and that's something that's just not appropriate and it is a sign of a narc, definitely. Dark moods that affect others are a big thing about the narc and what, uh, you know, my ex-narc actually admitted to me he said, I know with my mood I can bring a whole room down. Narcs are very powerful at projecting their energy and they really work uh, very either consciously or unconsciously on a psychic level. And there's an enormous psychic phenomena that goes on with narcs. And anybody that has been connected to a narcissist will absolutely know what I mean in that if you're um, obsessing or in pain about the narc, it feels like you're being sucked dry even if the narc isn't even around you physically and even if you're not in communication with him, you will feel sucked dry. Narcs know how to steal energy psychically, vibrationally and they also know how to project it and that's what makes them very, very uh, dangerous and very hard to disconnect from and that's why you really need to get energetic assistance to be able to do that effectively, I believe anyway. So with a narc, you know, if he's, and I remember my ex-narc, you know, sometimes we might have friends around or whatever and if the attention went off him and, or if, you know, something that I said he would take into his head and he'd, you know, throw it around and it'd be personalised back to him or, you know, whatever, game he was playing with that if he went into a dark mood everybody would feel it and it ended up clearing out virtually all of the friendships I had because his energy was just so powerful and so dark that it would send people away in droves so you would everybody I know that's with an arc people don't want to come around to the house they don't want to, and everybody starts disappearing. And that's part of the narc's territory because what he wants to do, when he's decided you're his possession, he doesn't want you having any interest or any energy shared about him because it's all about him. And if it's not all about him and your focus isn't fully on him, well, then the narc suffers a narcissistic injury, which really equates to... I'm not a god, I'm not omnipotent, um, and I won't tolerate that. So the dark moods are a big thing. So if you're with a partner or you've been with a partner, that it's just not comfortable for people to come around and drop in. It's not comfortable to hang out with your friends. It's not comfortable, you know, and I'm talking within reasonable standards, you know. Um, but a healthy partner should be able to include and hold his energy in his space with you putting focus on other people um, and on other interests. And a narc absolutely, 100% can't, especially if he's hooked you up as um, a relationship. If a narc's got you on the side and got plenty of other um, bits of sauce on the side as well, he may be able to tolerate it, but if his picture was a partner, there is absolutely no way that he will be able to deal with that. Narcs are famous for false promises, absolutely famous. And the interesting thing about that is a narc wants to keep promising you, he will promising to you, he will use that as an agenda, he will use that as a hook, he will use that to keep you in the game, he will use that for so many different reasons. But a narc does not want you to be happy. He suffers from what's known as pathological envy. And a normal healthy partner, of course, loves you to be happy, loves you to achieve, loves you to have your goals, loves you, you know, if you're happy, he's happy. That's a healthy partner. Now, with a narc, if he sees something, if, he, if you get to be happy, he will see that as an enormous injury to himself because what you can have as genuine happiness and good feelings, he cannot have. He cannot experience those things genuinely. And that's really sad, but it's true. So because he can't, if he sees you get happy, let's say he promises you something and then he delivers it. 
Okay, now initially he's going to keep delivering and giving you, he's going to give you the world initially. But after that all settles down and the narc personality really starts appearing, he does not want you to be happy. So he's going to do an enormous amount of false promises that he never follows through with. And that's part of the torture that actually goes on with narcs. Where you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because there's really nothing you can do with that. A narc is going to glorify and falsify achievements past and present. So, you know, he's going to make out. He's really um, accomplished. He's done this. He's done that. He's done the other. You're going to think, my gosh, what an incredible guy. Now, the thing is, a lot of narcs are good at stuff. They're going to have some areas of their life where they're very, very skilled and they're very renowned. And part of that has been this insatiable need to get attention and acclaim. So they've had to get good at stuff. There's a lot of prominent figures that are narcs. There's lots of um, sporting heroes that are narcs. There's lots of people that have achieved pretty incredible things. But the narc is going to lie about stuff. He's going to make out he's this, he's that, he's the other. Scratch under the surface. Really, you know, investigate it. Don't just take it on face value. The narc expects to be recognised and praised. Absolutely. He's after supply. So, you know, initially when he comes into your life, you're going to go, you are amazing. And you're going to give him so much supply. But when you start seeing, seeing that things aren't adding up and the cracks start appearing and you start questioning, you are really going to see a fully blown narc experience. Because as soon as he feels that he's not recognised and praised and not seen as a god, and I mean that literally, he's going to absolutely line you up and want to rip you down because you're a threat to his false self. And anything that threatens his false self, he's going to um, want to grind into the dirt. Absolutely. So, you know, when people do not comply with his wants and his needs, he'll find that intolerable, just like a child that's demanding. He has an extreme sensitivity to criticism. And you're going to find that quite incredible. And we all know, you know, women that understand the language of men in general, men don't like being criticised. They, well, nobody does. But men can very much personalise it. It's just a part of the male DNA. But the narc is going to be incredibly sensitive. So you're going to see him go off and really get his back up over the simplest little things and you'll just think, I, I just can't believe this. He's going to be incredibly defensive. If you confront him now, a genuine, logical, uh, decent male is going to be able to give you a reasonable answer. Absolutely. A narc won't. You'll start to see him twist and turn. He'll be defensive. He'll refuse to answer. He'll shut down. He'll take off. He'll project it back. He'll twist and turn it around. And you will feel like, I remember I used to feel like that I was continually going through five-year-old discussions, trying to explain to a five-year-old basic, uh, basic human fundaments. If you feel like you're doing this, you're with an arc. I'll tell you that 100%. You are with an arc because all the narcs do it. Pathological lying is a huge part of narcissism. And I say it in my book, Breaking the Chains of Painful Love. If you are with a pathological liar, get out. Pathological lying is narcissistic and it's unacceptable. If a person is an addict, like an alcoholic or a drug addict, pathological lying may be a part of that condition. And once that condition and that addiction is healed and taken responsibility for, the pathological lying may go. Absolutely. But if it's a part of your ingrained personality condition, it's extremely serious. And we all know we wouldn't have a best friend who was a pathological liar. We wouldn't have a business associate who's a pathological liar. So why on earth would we put up with a partner who's a pathological liar? And you know, I, I believe that everybody to an extent may tell white lies. But we would hope that that would be with the other person in mind, not purposeful pathological lying in order to get our own way at the expense of others. And narcs are experts at pathological lying. It's one of their biggest hooks 
and it's one of the biggest ways that they can operate in the world because the problem is people look at grown adults that come out with the most incredible stories that are just so horrific and they can't even fathom that a grown adult would go into that much detail and lie about something like that. So narcs are believed. And they're so good at pathological lying because they've constructed this enormous false self and false life. Narcs believe their own versions of fantasy. There is no two ways about that. And narcs can actually pass a polygraph test. There have been narcs that have because they believe it so much. So if you know you're with a pathological liar, I promise you, you, there is no hope to get this person sorted out. And the more that you try and monitor them and put your focus on them and stop the lying, the more they're going to lie to not be accountable. It just gets worse and worse. Narcs often have a disdain for rules, regulations, decency and morality. They break rules because for a narc to follow rules, it means they're one of the ordinary people and they don't want to be ordinary, they don't want to be normal, they want to be unique and godlike and above the law or below the law. So that's another thing. Narcs can have very little consideration for how their behaviour affects others. So they have an extreme lack of conscience, which is a really, really huge thing. What's Interesting about narcs, I call it being kicked when you're down. And if you've been with a partner that if you're down or you've had a bad day at work and you come home, okay, and let's just say or you've got a challenge in your life, once you've got past familiar and the early days of the idolizing and the false self and all the glamour, once that started to wear off, if you're in need of support and help, the narc will take that as absolute personal injury and criticism, which means why aren't you available to put your focus on and supply me with narcissistic supply and attention? Why aren't you? You know, because if you're caught up in something else that's hurting, well then that's exactly where the narc wants to, the, the narc just finds that unbearable, absolutely unbearable. So what he's going to do is kick you for not being available for him. And I could give you 50 different stories that uh, of my own or that I've heard from other women. But if you're with somebody that when you're in need and they get moody and out of sorts and angry, you're with a narc. It's as simple as that. Okay. Narcs often don't trust love partners and can be extremely jealous and possessive. That really doesn't need description. Narcs are capable, often, not all of them, but a lot of them are capable of sexually degrading name calling. So the name calling can be, you know, can be slut, whore, you know, going to those sorts of things. Because really, narcs are misogynists. They really have a female hatred. Okay, narcs can steal, harm or hide property to sabotage people and love partners, can use vengeance, threats and intimidation to control, which just is not healthy, decent behaviour. Narcs can also use excessive charm and manipulation to control. They can buy you um, when they actually believe that you're going to leave. It can so look like he loves you, he can't live without you. Really what it's about is he's losing narcissistic supply, which is an enormous threat to him. And often a narc will do virtually anything to keep that supply going and to keep you hooked up. So this man that has just been absolutely horrible and disgusting, I remember my ex-partner once sent, I think it was something like 10 boxes of red roses to my work when I was leaving him at one stage. And everybody's going, oh my goodness, he must love you, he must love you, that's just... And that was just a statement by the narc, I'll do anything to win you back, I'll tell you everything you need to hear, I'll promise you the world. But you know what happens with the narc is when you give in to that and you do go back, you will see within minutes, hours, days if you're lucky, that the whole thing will swing back around. And the thing is too, if you try to really confront him and really talk to him about, well, I need something to be safe here, I want promises that this isn't going to happen again. I want you to really own what you've done. You know, the narc might say something to you like, well, I'm sorry, what else do you want me to say? Or, 
I told you I promised I'd never do that. But your whole body and knowing will feel like that just still doesn't feel safe. That's really not an apology. What's really going on here? You, you know, a, a really honest, decent man that's wanting to recover his behavior and is really wanting to win back trust will walk the distance and he will go he and he will stay there to win back your trust. And I work with men that have been abusers that aren't narcs. They've just been insecure or emotionally um, hurt or damaged men. That when they do decide to recover and do the work, they absolutely walk the line even to the point where they are supportive to their wives and partners two years down the track and they're still not back together because he's having to win her back. And I'm not saying it should have to take that long, but I'm differentiating between a narc and a decent, genuine guy who's being honest and real about this. There's a huge difference. The narc cannot sustain the act for long. And if you go in there and start pushing some buttons to check and see, and as a woman you will be because it doesn't feel safe. I'm, I'm trying to feel safe. I'm trying to feel safe. And I remember I used to say that over and over. Will you understand I'm trying to feel safe? And he would just keep defaulting back to narc behavior all the time. And I never felt safe once it got to that level. If this is going on, you're with a narc. You're with somebody that does not have the resources and the ability. Narcs absolutely brush incidences under the carpet. They do not take accountability. Absolutely. They often use allies real or imagined to use information against you or to put doubt into your mind. So if you're having a conversation or, or an argument with a partner, if they keep pulling in other people as evidence, be really suspicious because that's a big narc tactic. You will understand with a narc there's very little sense of conscience. And when you look into a narc's past, he'll tell you a lot about his past. He'll cover some things up, but he'll tell you. You know, men that have played up on their wives time and time again, you know, did they feel guilty about it? Well, no, I didn't. You know, and they'll give you the excuse and it'll be all her fault and that's the reasons why. You know, narcs don't have a conscience and they've always got a, a justification and a reason for what they do. There's always an answer for it. But use your common sense and don't just glorify a partner because it could get you into a lot of trouble if you get with a narc. And I believe 16% of the community are high-level narcs. That's a lot of people out there that you could hook up with that are, that are narcissistic. Narcs often attack when they're confronted or questioned. And, you can, and as I said, that's that hairline trigger that you can see. When narcs are feeling insecure, which is often, and when they're not getting supply, they're going to emotionally punish you. And I'll give you an example of that, which I've actually spoken about on this show before. And I didn't realize this till much later, but you know, if I was just hanging out with, with my ex-partner and we were just doing, you know, couple stuff or whatever, and if he was low on supply, in other words, the outside world wasn't telling him how wonderful and incredible he was, um, or I wasn't doing that, he would actually start feeling low on supply, he would get insecure, and then what he would do is line up a tirade, he would create um, a drama, a diversion, and, and start fights and, and start issues just so I would get upset, I would get deranged, I would get hurt, I'd feel accused because that would then give him supply. That attention of me fighting back would give him supply. So narcs will do unpredictable and un unaccountable behaviour and this can be very, very much uh, also with people that with the NARC, that they're going to do things that just don't add up. They just don't make sense. They're not going to check in with you. So, you know, they'll take money. They'll, NARCs feel very entitled. They feel very, very entitled to things. And when they feel entitled to things, what is yours is theirs. And it's not a partnership. It's all about the NARC. So, you know, it's not unusual for them to pull money out of bank accounts, for them to just do this, to just do that, to, you know. And they just think they can because it's theirs, there's only them in this equation. Narcs 
actually do have, and it's it's quite it's sad. It is sad, but they do have a malicious streak. When um, now for you guys in the chat room, I'm just about to come to you, and also the guys on call. I'm going to come to you in a minute too. I'm just going to finish off this, and we're going to have a look at this. Okay, so uh, if an art creates powerless and powerlessness in another, so you know if somebody's hurt or deranged or even suicidal, a narc will feel more powerful. So, And that's sad, because that's a really malicious streak that's a part of the narcissist. The more hurt and deranged you feel, the more omnipotent and important it makes them feel. In other words, I can affect another human being on this level. That makes me really important. It's not unusual for narcs that have had past uh, people in relationships suicide to actually feel quite chuffed about it. And I know that sounds horrible, but unfortunately it's the truth. And I've seen that evidence with my own eyes. So, you know, the more violated you feel, the more powerful the narc feels, which is really very scary. And it's not a nice place to be in. Narcs don't apologise. Um, and they don't have sympathy and they don't have empathy for what they do to people. They just don't. And if they do, unfortunately, it's a gender-based. It, it really, really is. So I'm just having a look at the chat site now. Okay, getting away from the men for a minute. And I am the coach. Look, definitely this isn't just about this happening to women. Definitely not. Okay, I'm in a relationship with a woman that has a mother that is a narc, okay, and there's lots of mothers that are narcs. I was trying to see what the profile was of whether or not I fit it. I'm pretty certain I'm not as per what I think is your profile. Yeah, well, you know, and look, the thing is, I think I am the coach. I think the most important thing is to check to see whether you are a narc. And I know in my 20s, as a very insecure, broken, alcoholic girl, I was very narcissistic in my behavior, and I own it totally. The thing is, if you have compassion and empathy, okay, you're not a narc because a narc doesn't. So that's really, I always believe, the defining question. On the other hand, I have a sense that my wife may be, again, from your profile. So my question is, what can I do if my wife is a narc? I am unwilling to leave her. Okay, now this is what Lisa E. Scott and I talk about a fair bit. Okay, if you are with a narc, okay, and there's a difference. There's people that are MPD and there's people that have narcissistic tendencies. If people have narcissistic tendencies, by you creating better boundaries, you can absolutely have a hope of having some change. But it's going to be about boundaries and honouring yourself rather than handing power over to the narc. If you're with an MPD, you're with an MPD. They're going to violate boundaries no matter what you do with them. And really what you've got to do is come to, um, if you want to stay with a narc, you've got to really realise, well, that's the life you've chosen and there isn't going to be any improvement. And look, really, it's about choice, absolutely. So, you know, I hope that helps. But if she is MPD, what you're looking at is what you've got. It doesn't get better. Okay, so now just before I pick up these callers, I just want to go through some common expressions of a narcissist, okay? And I'm not saying that, you know, this is, other people may throw in these comments occasionally, but narcissists will use them a lot. I had them eating out of the palms of my hands is the sort of thing a narc would say. He loves to know he can manipulate people. I remember with my ex, we had a conversation once and I said to him, I wrote about this in my book, and I said to him, you know, isn't manipulation a strong word? Because he'd say, I know how to manipulate people. And I'd say, don't you mean inspire them to your way of thinking? And he said, no, it's manipulate. And he just thought, well, you know, it's all about how effectively can you manipulate. Now, narcs, if you're arguing, you didn't let me finish what I was saying, they will do that, say that a lot. So, for example, they may say something that's just so hurtful and you react to it and then they'll come back with, you didn't let me finish what I was saying. In other words, they're pretending that they're actually going to say something else, so they were going to change it around. And they weren't. That's just an excuse. Narcs are full of excuse, uh, excuses. Another one that they'll say is, just because I didn't do what you wanted when you wanted it. So that's a justification for all the false promises. Just because I didn't say what you want to hear is another common narc term, which is used as a justification for verbal abuse. 
Narcs, gosh, I'd like a dollar for every time I've heard somebody say this about their narc. You're the only person who misunderstands what I say. You're totally over-emotional. Nobody else ever argues with me. So they're, gonna, they're making out it's you. That's what they're doing. I'm sorry, what more do you want from me? Which is, you know, that apology that doesn't feel like an apology. How many times do I have to say I'm sorry? Again, you know it's not an apology. Why can't you just get over the past is a really important narc saying. What about your issues? So they're going to twist it and turn it and put it back on you. And that's another huge narc thing. It's always your fault. It's always your fault. You make me behave like this. Goodness, I know there's going to be people listening to this going, oh my God, that's what he says or what he said. You're the only person in the world I have problems with. Ever heard that one? You act like my mother or you're a control freak. Okay. And the thing is, you know, you end up being a control freak. You really do when you're with a narc. Absolutely. You know what? There is still so much more information that I've got to go through here. This is going to have to be another show. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pick up the callers and we're just going to have a chat to them. Hello, are you there? Hi, Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, Melanie. Yes, hi, who am Hello. I speaking to? Nancy, how are you going? I'm sorry. Oh, Nancy. Yeah, how is that are Nancy? You? Hi, yes, I'm good, girl. How are you? How are you? Hey, honey, there's oh, another caller. So what I'll do, yeah. just, you know, you're always really great with this stuff. Have you got anything that you'd like to contribute for the next couple of minutes? And then what we'll do is I'll move on because I'm nearly at the end of the show. But you're great at this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. But, um, yeah, being great at this stuff, I actually went out and broke contacts <laughs> and broke no contacts oh, in the last uh, couple of days. Oh, and, you uh, poor I've been no contact. Oh, I'm silly. I know. But uh, what I'm, uh, I'm being a bit of We've all done it. We've all done it, Dal. Yeah. Sorry, but like I was, I was so okay, firm so and I was happened? very good. Mm-hmm. What I did is I was passing through the town where he lives. Yes. And he has not been passing on my mail. And he still yes. has, you know, some mail that I really needed. So I thought, I'll oh, bugger it. I'll just go and get it. That's typical. But there's also another... <laughs> I was only I was only around him for a couple of minutes, but it didn't really matter. He just went straight into the gaslighting. Everything was just so textbook that it didn't really matter. Oh, and uh, how did your body react to that? What happened? Um, really, I was sort of on the on the opposite side. I was I was actually quite pumped over it all. But um, oh, later on, I'm, I'm, but later on, I've sort of crumbled over it. But what it is is. I'm being quite activist against narcissism and I actually want to do something about it. So, yeah, it's it's sort of a long story. But um, he works for an organisation that talks about morals, principles, respect, dignity and integrity. Oh, that can be normal. So, So, I'm sort of thinking, well, maybe they need to know what's going on. But I thought I'd give him first right to reply. So well, you know, the only problem to... is with that, you know you know what happens when you go to bat. And you know, you know what's going to, to happen. And... I was totally aware that it was going to happen, but the fact is I did it. So that means that my next step, I said, well, I've done that. I did come yep. to you and you haven't done anything. Yep. So I suppose it's sort of setting up a path for me to continue. Yeah, you're just going to have to be really careful because you know that he could get that hook and think, oh, this is great, you know, I'm getting attention again. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to see where it goes and just really trust yourself on it. Yeah, I think that was actually the big point for me is to see how far I've come through. Yeah. (laughs) If I was going going to hook back in. But it was it was quite funny even watching it happen. I could see exactly what he was doing and thinking, oh my god, you know, it's, it's like you know you actually trying to to appeal. Like he's actually standing there saying, oh, but I'm such a nice person. And I said, well, if you're such a nice person, why couldn't you send on my mail in yeah. the last six months? Yeah. And it's yeah. sort of like, no, well, like all of it was opened. 
But uh, <laughs> oh well. Yeah, it well, it sounds oh, like you know you yeah, still yeah. you're not in the fantasy, which is great. Yeah, you know, and that is it, great it, that you're not in the fantasy of you know. Well, maybe you know, maybe there is a nice guy in there, and you know, all that stuff. You no, saw that clearly. No, I, I know there's not. But it, it's sort of oh, for me. God, I've always been very active in everything I did. I fight back. That's just the way I am. That's just the way I, I work. And how to do that, though, is I can't well, just see, walk away. Well, see, the problem is with the narc, you know, and this is what I say to people all the time, is when you give them the fight, they energise. And the, winning the but fight is giving them nothing. But I don't want to take nothing. the fight to... I don't want to take the fight to him. I actually want to take it back to... Um, Making a more public exposure, I suppose. Well, you do that, darling, and that is perfect, and that's what I do, and that's how I do my fight. I took me back, and then I educate, you know, mm. and, I, and I know it's a big passion for you too, so, which is fantastic. Because, you know, if we'd have had the education, it could have been a lot different. Oh, absolutely would have been a lot different. I mean, look, yeah, look, even in the last few days, I just went through the letters I wrote him over four years when I was in the relationship that I yes. hadn't even heard of the term narcissism. And everything I wrote in there was about it. Yes. You don't, you don't, you don't care about me. You don't yeah. even acknowledge you my existence. Yep, all of it. And he said, why, why do you want me in this relationship if you do not care about me? You know, all those sorts yeah, of things. And right. I, was, I was reading it and I'm going, oh, my God, all this is just classic. Yes. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all right, darling. Well, you keep up the great work and lovely to hear from you. And we've got to have that chat soon too. Yes, we do. All right, darling. Take care and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay, bye, Nance. Hello? Hello, are you there? Yes, hello? Hello, hello. Are you calling in or just listening in? No, I'm calling. I wanted to, I have a question. Yes, by all means. Yes. Okay, I just wanted to know, um, I actually think that I was, I am the person that has narcissistic tendencies. I've never really yep. heard that word. <laughs> but yep. um, this is the first time I've really heard it. And after listening to it, I know that I definitely have the tendencies um, but yes. I had a mother who was very narcissistic, who is yeah. narcissistic. Um, yep. Yep. Over the past six to seven years, um, I just really haven't been dating. I haven't been meeting people. Um, I'm 34. Um, I do want to be married, and I do want to have children. But Lovely. I know that prior to these seven, six or seven years, I was definitely, you know, very narcissistic in my mm -hmm. approach. And so I'm just wondering... What should I do um, next in terms of healing from this so I can... Look, I'd really, really love you. What you can do is send me an email. Go onto my website. Send me an email. I work with people like you all the time. Okay. And I absolutely work with people that want to heal. You know, and look, you know, it's not... Narcs really... If, look, if you know that you've got a, a capacity for um, compassion and empathy and you want to work on yourself, absolutely, it's doable. Right. You know, I was very narcissistic in my 20s as well, very much so. Oh. And that was through fear and insecurities. So it's very, very doable. The things that I do is a variety of things, but what I work with people uh, specifically is quantum healing, which is a phenomenal um, healing experience. I've worked with people that have done 10, 20 years of psychology and really haven't been able to get there on a cognitive level, level at all. And, you know, we can talk about it further. I'd love to and give you some suggestions of what we could do. Okay, great. Yeah, so look, all you need... Now, do you know my website? I know. Can you give me the... www.melanietoniaevans.com Okay. Okay. And that's M-E-L-A-N-I-E, Tonia, T-O-N-I-A, Evans, E-V-A-N-S, dot com. And you can send me an email through there and, you know, and I could give you some options. Okay, but does that, like, with that, like, having those tendencies, could that actually prevent you, like, be a block to attracting relationships? Absolutely. 
100% and or sabotaging them yeah. you know if if the possibilities came along absolutely 100% because everything we create on an outer level is what's going on on an inner level. Absolutely. You're the creator of your experience. So, you know, we all want life and things to change, but nothing changes until we change and then everything changes. Right. right. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, and send me an email and I'll get back to you, okay? I will. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Bye. Okay, so what I'm going to do is just go through. This has been a great show, you know. I'm really glad you guys are interacting, so this is awesome. But uh, And also, too, if there's anybody in the chat room, we've got five minutes left. If you've got a question, please put it up. There's a few people in there, so you certainly can do that. Okay, gaslighting techniques. I'm going to go through this quickly. Gaslighting is a form of psychological abuse that is used by narcissists and it's difficult to pinpoint and it works by instilling confusion. So if you're, by, if you're being gaslighted by somebody, you lose trust in your senses, identity and your common environment. So the narcissist will tell you what you are thinking and feeling. Take that as a really good indication. If somebody is trying to tell you what you're thinking and feeling, that's violating. It's insidious. An interaction that you believe was decent by another person actually has agendas connected to it. So a narcissist will tell you things like, did you see the way she looked at you? Did you see the way he looked at you? Do you think she might be talking about you behind your back? You know, your mother doesn't actually really think that you're a good person. Blah, 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 all of that sort of stuff. So he may say that people have made certain references about you. He will say that you've been seen in a certain place acting inappropriately. My ex-narcissist used to say to me, somebody told me that you were in the supermarket talking to a man, which was just a complete load of hogwash. But then I'd be thinking, oh my God, did I? Was I? I don't remember that. Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> the narcissist well, you said you said or you did something that you can't remember or that you're not aware of. And he might use those sorts of things. He might say you said something in your sleep. He may have said that you said or did something when you were intoxicated that you can't remember. Um, when you're tired, distracted or unaware, he may tell you that you were doing certain things or said certain things that you can't even remember doing and then you start questioning yourself. He may say that certain information was discovered about you, certain people that you thought were loyal and now agreeing about all of your faults. So this is him pulling in allies as well. So he might say an incident that was actually created by him was your fault or maybe a perception on his behaviour that you actually, um, you might, he might say that you're paranoid or you're unstable and that's why you're perceiving it that way. He might say that an excuse for the incident, he'll, he'll create a story about an incident as an excuse that extracts guilt from you and you might feel awful for making the judgment you did. So for example, my ex-narcissist um, faked a melanoma cancer condition and when he was like jealous and crazy, he would actually say to me things like, um, well, I found out I'm really sick again and I might only have six weeks to live. Um, and the whole story was a phony, which he constructed incredibly perfectly. And I'd feel really guilty for making the judgment on him that I did. He may say, other people perceive you as bossy, controlling, manipulative, uncaring, incapable or defective in some way. So that's a huge part of it as well. I've still got more to go on this list, but we weren't able to get through it all today. I really hope this show has helped. And uh, like the caller in, you know, look, if you want some more information, you want some help, you want some um, ability and to have some healing to be able to disconnect from the narcissist and reclaim your life and reclaim yourself and get onto your healing, please contact me because this is what I do. This is, you know, this is my, my full-time mission. So I would love to help you. Thank you everyone for your interaction today. And, um, and I'm looking forward to another great uh, Narcissistic Central show next month. And also there's shows that I have on every week, which is about empowering and getting love and life right. So have a really great night or a great day, no matter where you're listening from. And um, lots of love and we'll talk soon. Okay, bye-bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.